The sermon text is the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 4, verses 14 to 21. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through all the surrounding area. He was teaching in their synagogues and being honored by everyone. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. As was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began to tell them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, the Holy Spirit <clears throat> anointed him with power to do the work that needed to be done to save us. And in that power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus first went out to the wilderness. And for 40 days and 40 nights, he battled and beat Satan and his temptations. Jesus used the power of the Spirit to do that, to be perfect for us and save us from our sins. Still, in the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus went to a wedding in a tiny village named Cana, where he turned water into wine. Jesus used that power of the Spirit to turn water into, the, into wine for us, to reveal to us that he is God's Son. And next, still in the power of the Spirit, Jesus returns to another tiny village. This is the one where he was brought up, a village called Nazareth. And... In his hometown of Nazareth, Jesus does what is his habit. On the Sabbath day, he goes to the synagogue to worship. And while he is worshiping in the synagogue of Nazareth, Jesus stands up and reads the appointed scripture for that particular Sabbath. See, these synagogues in Israel followed the custom of having an appointed scripture reading for each worship service. And that is a custom that carried over into the early New Testament church and has actually carried down all the way today to liturgical churches like Trinity. Uh, the worship leader doesn't decide what lessons you're going to hear on Sunday morning. The lessons are assigned, and they set the tone and the theme of the worship. That means when, when Jesus stands up to read from the Old Testament in this worship service, what he is going to say when he reads is predictable. Everybody knows what is coming. Jesus stands up, unrolls that scroll, and reads from the prophet Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recovery of sight for the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then... Jesus simply rolls that scroll up, hands it back to the attendant, and sits back down. And all of this so far is totally normal, predictable, according to plan. 
Every Saturday, people from this village of Nazareth and the surrounding country will gather in this synagogue to worship. And every Sabbath day, somebody, usually the priest, but occasionally, if you had an honored guest passing through town, you'd let him do it. Somebody is going to stand up and read a lesson. And if it is a guest, after he's done reading, he will simply sit back down again. All of this is predictable. It is what happens next that probably very few, if anybody, in that synagogue is expecting, and it is something that has no doubt never happened during one of their worship services before. As you see by now, news about this man who had grown up right there in Nazareth has reached all the way back up, even to the north of Israel, this little town of Nazareth, which is kind of nowheresville. I mean, Nazareth would generally be pretty well out of the loop of things that was going on in Israel, but news travels fast. The story of Jesus being baptized in the Jordan River, the voice of God, the Holy Spirit descending like a dove, the story of Jesus going out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights with no food and coming back alive, and attending a wedding where water mysteriously turns into deluxe wine. News travels fast when amazing things like that keep happening around somebody. And it also helps explain why these worshipers maybe considered Jesus an, an honored enough guest to be their, their speaker, their reader on that Sabbath day. Because by now, even here in Nazareth, people are wondering, how do you explain this stuff? How do you explain all of these amazing things that keep happening around this man? Is he a sleight of hand artist or a magician of some kind? Is he maybe just a fraud? Has all of this been a, a big put on? Or is he maybe a bona fide prophet, a real miracle worker who has actually come from God? The people there want to know who is this exactly? And that's why Jesus now does something that nobody is expecting and something they have never seen or heard before. After he finishes reading and he rolls up that scroll and returns to his seat, Jesus says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And with that statement, this new prophet, Jesus, from right there in Nazareth, is unmistakably pointing to himself and saying, I am the one. I am the one that Isaiah and all of the other prophets of the Old Testament have been promising you was going to come for hundreds and hundreds of years. Today, in your hearing, this scripture is fulfilled. I am the one who comes to proclaim good news to the poor. I am the one who is here to set you free. I come to open your eyes and give you sight. I relieve you from all of your burdens and oppressions, and I proclaim to you the year of the Lord's favor. Today, in your hearing, this scripture is fulfilled. With that one statement, Jesus is saying that he has come to be and do everything that the Lord promised through the prophet Isaiah, the Messiah, would come to be and to do. And that same Jesus Christ once said this, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, 
I am there with them. Here this morning, there are two or three, and a few more than that, gathered together in the name of Jesus Christ. And therefore, according to Jesus' own promise, he is just as much here with you and me this morning as we worship him. And so you can know that when you hear Jesus say, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, he is just as much proclaiming that message to you and me here today in our hearing. Today, in our hearing, Jesus proclaims good news to us. To everyone here today who understands that our sin makes us poor. Our sin empties us of any value to our Heavenly Father, makes us intolerable, insufferable to Him. Today, in our hearing, Jesus proclaims good news. Jesus proclaims to us that His righteousness is ours through faith in Him. That we get the credit for His death on the cross and His resurrection. We stand in front of our Heavenly Father clothed in Jesus' righteousness and holding his cross. And that makes us truly, eternally rich because that is everything we need to be right and live with our heavenly Father in his kingdom. Today, in our hearing, Jesus proclaims good news to us, the poor. In him, we are rich. And today, in our hearing, Jesus proclaims freedom for the captive. To everyone here today who understands that our sin enslaves us, it makes us captives to sin itself, to Satan and to death. Today, in our hearing, Jesus says, I set you free. I came to battle temptation. I went out into the wilderness for you and overcame temptation in your place. I crush Satan's head for you, and I have unwrapped the fingers of death from around your body and your soul. And this makes you free, really free for eternity. Today, in our hearing, Jesus proclaims to us captives freedom in him. Today, in our hearing, Jesus brings sight for the blind. For everyone here today, who understands that our sin blinds us. It makes it impossible for us to see who the true God is. Impossible to find, let alone follow the path to God's side in heaven. Today, in our hearing, Jesus says, I open your eyes. I give you sight. I have sent my Holy Spirit into your heart to open your eyes. Now, you see me as the source of God's forgiveness and the source of his grace. Now you see the one way to the side of your Heavenly Father, and that is through me. Today, in our hearing, Jesus proclaims sight for the blind. Good news for the poor, freedom for the captives, sight for the blind. That is what Jesus also proclaims today, here and now. And still, people who have heard those words, people who trust them, still sometimes feel weighed down in life, or as, as Jesus says, oppressed. We know 
the good news of Jesus' salvation. We understand the sight of faith that he has given us. We know the freedom that he supplies from all of our spiritual enemies. And yet, we also know things we have done in our own lives. Mistakes we've made. Maybe good things that we didn't do when we should have done them. And feelings of guilt and regret can linger sometimes for months, years, decades, and it, it weighs us down. And if it's not guilt and regret that leaves us feeling oppressed, maybe it's just the circumstances of having to live in an imperfect world, having to cope with an aging body or a fizzling brain, having fights with family members and conflicts with friends, all of these things can add up and leave Christians with their shoulders sagging and their heads pointing down and dragging their feet through life. Guilt and regret weigh down on us. Life is hard and it all has a way of weighing us down. And so today, in our hearing, Jesus also proclaims relief for the oppressed. For everyone here this morning that feels guilt or shame for things they have done wrong, Jesus invites us to take those, to take that guilt to his cross and leave it there. Because that's where he bled and died to wash all of our sins away. And we can then go forward in life unburdened by those sins, free to serve God in joy. And for whatever struggles we may have, as we live in this sinful world, well, Jesus says in this world, you will have trouble. And anyone who tells you you won't is lying to you. But then Jesus also said, take heart. Or in other words, perk up. I have overcome the world. We have his promise that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that is waiting for us in God's heavenly kingdom. And we carry that promise in our hearts even as we struggle through life this world. Today, in our hearing, Jesus proclaims relief for the oppressed. And finally, in our hearing today, Jesus proclaims the year of the Lord's favor. In ancient Israel, the year of the Lord's favor, also known as the year of Jubilee, came around once every 50 years. See, every seven years, they were supposed to have a Sabbath year, and I won't even get into what that was all about, but after seven Sabbath years, so seven times seven is 49, and you tack one more onto that for good measure, that was the year of the Lord's favor, or the year of Jubilee. And during that year of the Lord's favor, all slaves were to be set free, all debts were to be canceled, and all properties that had been forfeited or foreclosed on were be, to be graciously returned to their original owners. So in ancient Israel, this came around twice a century. In Jesus Christ, the year of the Lord's favor is constant. Because of what Jesus has done, God is constantly canceling the debt of sin. Every time someone comes to faith, God is setting another slave free. Today, in our hearing, Jesus proclaims to us the constant and everlasting favor of our Lord. You know, sometimes you may be reading a Bible story at home, or listening to one in church, and you look at it this way. Uh, this is a story that happened. It's over. It's past tense. Now, as believers, we understand that these stories 
have application and significance for all people of all time. But as for the story itself, you know, it's, it's over. It's done with. Please understand, this story is not really like that. In a very real way, this story is still happening here and now, today, in our hearing. Because those words of Isaiah that Jesus read 2,000 years ago, halfway around the world, they are just as much God's word today as they were then. Jesus is just as much here with us as we worship him as he was with the people in that synagogue of Nazareth. And Jesus' declaration that he fulfills those promises of the Messiah, that declaration rings just as true today as it was then. Today, in our hearing, Jesus is proclaiming good news, freedom, sight, relief, and the favor of the Lord. Now, in that synagogue of Nazareth, at first, when Jesus spoke to these people, they reacted the right way. When he was reading to them the words of the prophet Isaiah, they listened carefully. The eyes and ears of everyone in that synagogue were locked on Jesus. And that is the right thing to do when we listen to Jesus speak. Folks, pay attention to what he's telling you. It is sad, however, if you read on in this fourth chapter of Luke's Gospel, and you're actually going to hear it as the Gospel in next Sunday's worship, you will find that after Jesus finished reading those words and told the people in the synagogue that he was their fulfillment, well then, their reaction was far from ideal. They disbelieved what Jesus said about himself. They scorned him for saying it, and they even tried to murder him. Obviously, hopefully I don't have to tell you, that is the wrong reaction when you hear Jesus say today, in your hearing, this scripture is fulfilled. The right way to react is this. Believe it. Believe it. When Jesus proclaims to you that he brings you good news, freedom, sight, relief, and favor from the Lord. Believe it and live in the reality of those promises. Show that you believe Jesus brings you good news by proclaiming the good news of Jesus to people around you who do not know, who do not understand the eternal wealth that Jesus has earned for them. Show that Jesus has set you free from your sin by leaving your sin behind and committing it no more in your life. Show that Jesus has opened your eyes to the kingdom of heaven by setting your ambitions and your goals on godly things here in this world. Show that Jesus has relieved your oppression by living a life that is glad and thankful, and joyful. Show that you have received the Lord's favor in Jesus by showing favor to everyone the Lord puts around you. Because today, in our hearing, the words of Isaiah are fulfilled. Listen to what Jesus says today. Believe it, and live in it. Amen.